I think it could go a long way to help out these farmers looking to scale out, get that employee on board, contractor or not. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast with your host, Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it, or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the Farms Vice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Vice and let's get into this episode. Before we get started, just to let you know, this episode is intended to be general information only as the host and the guest do not know your personal circumstances. So please go and talk to your own accountant or the team at Biofields to get the right information for your scenario. Let's get into this episode. Welcome to the Farms Advice podcast and we'll be having the team from Biofields on again in 2023 with Justina Bolowska talking everything accounting, but actually relating it to what we do in the paddock and in the office. So, Justina, great to have you on the show again. Thanks for having me, Jack. I think over the, I can nearly just say over the years now, um, we've been around for, this is the third full year now, and I think a lot of people are getting some really good key takeaways from this, um, but also taking that away to talk to their professionals within their community. I think it's really important that, these topics get across there for the farming community, for those managing the farms, owning the farms, but also the employees can keep on top of what's happening out in Australian agriculture. But Justina, what are we going to be speaking about today? Uh, Yeah, so the topic I've chosen is around employing people, um, specifically farm employment because that's what we deal with um, a lot at Byfields and considering that there has been and there will be a lot of changes around employment laws and tax and all the other obligations um, I thought it would be quite timely in in preparation for seeding but also in light of all the changes that have um, been enacted around Australia. Exactly a pretty interesting one, like other industries sort of just seasonal or their full-time casual um, sort of stuff. But in agriculture, we incorporate all of those sort of roles into the industry and how that sort of plays out for each individual farmer is going to change. So I think this is a pretty important topic to kick it off for this year with the team at Byfields. But how and what sort of questions are your clients coming with if they're looking to employ or even in the very early stages when you're starting to think of, hang on, I might need to, we've grown, scaled out and looking to employ someone. What are those sort of questions? Yeah, that's um, that, that's a good, good question. And yes, we actually have two spectrums of clients. So we have people probably like, like yourself who are scaling up and they realizing, hey, I can't really, really do it all all by myself. So I do need someone. Uh, and they they new to employment and then the other side of the spectrum are people who have been employing for a while they know uh, what it's like but they they kind of have to keep on top of all the changes and that's um, that's proving to be challenging because we like doing things as we've been doing them and and the changes have been massive over the last three years 
um, in that area. So for the for the young guys or for the people who are new and they want to employ someone, um, yeah, it can be daunting. And there's a lot of resources um, available out there on, on the uh, internet. Um, but probably the the first questions you should be asking yourself is what is that person going to do? Just sit down and write it down. How many hours will I be employing that person for? Do they need to have qualifications? Do I need to do I need them permanently? Or is it more of a casual engagement? Uh, you need to probably list list all that down and then realizing what's involved, how much it's going to cost me. What am I going to pay that person per hour? Do you know there will be some insurance cost? You'll have to pay the workers' compensation. You'll have to pay superannuation. You will have to perhaps learn a new software. You may need to engage an HR specialist. You may need to get your accountant to do the setup. You, you will have to do work when it comes to paying wages and when it comes to all the lodgements um, and all that stuff. So that's that's something to consider, first of all. And yeah, once you're ready, you probably want to advertise and recruit. Yep. Then you need to decide whether you're doing all that by yourself or whether you're going through an agency. Um, but the, the truth is, it's, it's hard to get anyone in the regional areas. So you're probably going to, um, to be a bit more flexible. Um, but there, there's probably one website I strongly suggest everyone who's considering employing visits. Um, and it's called, um, it's, it's www.business.gov.au people employees hiring employees. And there is a nine-step nine checklist, yeah. which you can save and basically go step-by-step. Step. Very comprehensive. It, it, it covers everything. Um, and you could definitely use that. Probably having a process in place and following that process is, is, a, key, is a key thing. And that's what people who have been employing uh, for years, that's what they struggle with. They just get someone on the day, get them to drive a tractor. And, and that's probably not how it should be done. Yeah, you need, to, you need to realize that there are a lot of obligation for you as an employer that you have to follow. And employment law that's around uh, minimum wages payments, superannuation payments, rights and obligation. That's one side of the story. The other side of the story is occupational health and safety. That it's big on the farms because, you know, you guys work very long hours over harvest and seeding. Accidents happened. Maintaining machinery, it's, it's challenging. Um, but that's, that's your obligation as an employer. It's, it's something you have to make sure uh, yeah. you're up to date. Yeah, I think like a lot of the things on this podcast is we're trying to get people to come away from, yeah, come and work at mine for a couple of weeks and there's no sort of onboarding process. There's no sort of competencies there to tick off or what to see, like just a clear email or piece of paper or even jot it down in my diary before you start. What are your details, your superannuation details? Because 
I've had a few jobs over the years and it's quite easy to amalgamate all your super, um, but it's much easier if you have it going into whichever one you want originally. Um, but how that sort of works out, getting everything on paper, how and where do we sort of start? What are the details that we need from the future employee to sort of kick it off? Yeah. So there's a few basic documents you need from your employees. Um, the first one will be TFN declaration, so tax file number declaration. And that also relates to your uh, backpackers. So if you have people who came to the country on um, on working holiday maker visa, which is big uh, for, for farmers, like they, they do help um, a lot. Um, if you do employ those backpackers, um, you first of all, you have to treat them like everyone else. Um, and there's a few other steps you have to follow if you do want to employ them. So you need to you need to register with ATO to let the ATO know that you will be employing a working holiday maker, but you also have to register with the Department of Immigration to check their visa entitlement. So I probably those two things they come up a lot from farming uh, clients. They they sometimes we just know they've employed working holiday maker because they call us and they say, oh, how do I how do I enroll them in my system? They're working holiday makers. What do I do? Um, and that's that's important because if you are withholding different tax rates and they are they're getting a bit of a concession as opposed to someone who's non-resident. Um, you need to let the ATO know first, first of all, that you're going to do that. And then, yeah, you have to make sure they are, um, they have full rights to work in Australia. And that's where, where that step of registering with the Department of Immigration and going through the process called um, Visa Online Verification Entitlement System comes in. So you as employer have to open an account with them. It takes 48 hours to do. And then with the copy of the visa and passport of the person you're checking, obviously with their agreement, you go on that website, you enter the details, and then the system will spit out whether that person is entitled to work, when it, when the person entered the country, what are the um, uh, qualifications of the visa, what they can do or what they can't do. Um, so make sure you follow that because um, it's a it's a pretty serious offence to employ someone who hasn't got the rights to work in Australia, and I'm not the lawyer, but I know that for a fact. Um, so that's that's the first two steps um, I would be doing if I was to employ the working holiday maker. Uh, then, and that's part of the TFN application. So they have to fill in the TFN application and have the tax file number as well. You need to ask people about their superannuation. So there is a superannuation choice form you can download from the internet, yeah. uh, but you can also have your own. And that's where they give you all the details in regards to the super fund. And that's where you um, have to pay um, their entitlements. The one I get quite often from clients is, oh, there was Johnny who was working for me for three months, but he's now left the country. What do I do? Um, so the truth is, it's probably a bit too late. That's the, that's the first thing. But yeah, it needs to, regardless whether they given you superannuation details or not, whether they're still in the country or not, you still have to pay it as an employer. So what you need to do, if the employee hasn't given you details of the super fund uh, within 28 days of employment, you need to 
write to the ATO and apply for what's called staple super fund details. So the ATO provides, will provide you with the super fund that follows the employee. Uh, and if they don't, um, then you, as an employer, you should have what's called a default super fund. So that's something you will open with a complying um, superannuation fund uh, of your choice. And, and once you have that, you can open uh, an account for your employee who hasn't hasn't got one or hasn't chosen one. So make sure you have those steps in place before the superannuation is due. Um, and superannuation, it's been always causing a bit of angst amongst employers. Um, so for those out there, super is due once every three months. It's, uh, you can pay more often, but the minimum you have to pay it's once every three months. It's 28 days past the end of the quarter, the 28th of January, 28th of April, 28th of October. Those are the dates, but pay it sooner than that because that's really when it should be already in the employee fund. Uh, if you don't, if you don't, there are a bit of an implication of that. If you're late, and even if you're late one day, the super payments will not be deductible for tax purposes. So you still have to pay it. Will they roll into the next sort of quarter? Or is uh, it no, no. It's basically the, the the super will go into the employee account and they will have it, but you as a business can claim it as your tax deduction. Ah, uh, okay, righto. Yeah. So and on top of that, so that's not all. <laughs> on top of that, you have to lodge what call what's called superannuation choice form. So you actually have to let the ATO know. I was late with the super and then they will charge you 10% interest per every day you were late and an admin charge, which is like $20 per person per quarter. So if you, yeah, I've seen lots of different choice forms. Some of them will have administration charge that's more than interest. Um, yet again, you have to pay that non-deductible. Um, some, some people um, that were picked up for audits uh, and there are quite a lot of audit activities around superannuation from ATO side. Um, they had to pay thousands of dollars. Um, it's not unheard of uh, companies that went bankrupt because of the penalties and, and ramification of payments of super that was late. So I think that was something we always thought only the big boys will ever have to worry about, but now everyone else is in the same bucket. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of data matching. You, you know, there's this new STP system, which basically gives ATO all pieces of information they need every time you pay someone. And that's how they can uh, work out whether you underpaid super, whether you paid super on, on time. Um, there's also this new thing that came into life a couple of years ago go called clearing house. So for those listeners out there who has been paying superannuation direct to the employee super fund, that's no longer the case. What we do nowadays is we pay money into a clearing house, which is um, something in between you and the employee super. Yeah. And that clearing house has to be compliant 
and that clearinghouse will receive one payment with all the details that comes with it, and then they will distribute the money into the individual um, superannuation accounts. So that's another step to make sure um, the data is transparent and, and everyone, everyone knows what's going on. So yeah, there's a lot of compliance around superannuation and obviously at the moment it's 10 and a half uh, on ordinary times earnings and it, it's going up to 11 from the 1st of July to 11% and then half a percent next year and the year after. So yeah, a few, few things to remember in regards to superannuation. Uh, so we've talked about TFN application, superannuation choice form. Um, what else do we need to touch up on? You One thing I wanted to look at was employee versus contractor and what sort of comes in for that. Because I think there's a lot of confusion about what we need to do. You sort of, if your contractor comes on to the farm and you, you just sort of pay them and that's it, and then they need to do their work around that. Can you just sort of clarify what needs to be done and actually what the differences are for us farmers looking to employ or get a contract on board? Sure. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a big thing for, for the ATO and there has been a bit of um, change recently in February um, 23 uh, with the new High Court decision. Um, so contractors, for a lot of people, they're well, a lot of a lot of people would think contractors are a bit more convenient yep. as opposed to employees because someone comes to you, they do the job, they give you an invoice, and you all you, know, you pay the invoice and you all move on. There is no leave liability. You don't have to have them on your system. You don't have to do STP reporting. You don't have to finalize their wages at the year end. You don't have to make sure there is work waiting for them next week if they are a full-timer or part-timer. Uh, you don't have to give them notice if you no longer have work for them. Um, so they, they are a convenient way to have the things done, but not all contractors are contractors. So if someone, if someone comes to you and they use your equipment, they you pay them per hour, they do work as directed by you, and they cannot uh, subcontract someone else to do that job. Um, you, you, they're probably leaning towards being an employee as opposed to an independent contractor. But there is no clear cut. You actually have to go through multi-step uh, process to determine whether they contractor or, or employee. And also what's interesting, contractors and employees have got a different meaning in the tax legislation as opposed to superannuation legislation. So they may be contracted for tax, but there will be an employee for superannuation. So for example, shearers, they may fall under a, an employee category for super. So yeah. you may actually pay them the invoice for the work done, but on top of that, there may be some superannuation liability that has to be be paid um, or, you know, for for the work done. Um, so definitely something to to consider um, with yeah with regards to employees versus contractor. Don't don't take it on the face value for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And looking into making this process a little bit simpler for the farmers out there. We like to automate, especially with ag tech coming in place. We've 
also got the software on computers that can actually help us with this such sort of roles like doing our BAS to payroll. What sort of software are your clients using and how is actually helping them improve their time and ultimately like the processes as well? Yeah, good question. And uh, my guard for this for the software, it's um I don't think we'll be able to do that all without it nowadays. It's yeah. it's just it does everything for you. And um the ones we see quite often is is zero. Yep. I think it's out there, it's easy to use, it's easy to set up, it integrates uh, really well. It's got an employee application. So that application is easy to use, is intuitive. Uh, employees can keep their timesheets. And by the way, keeping timesheets is like number one requirement for you as employer. So yeah, people please do keep the, keep the timesheets because <laughs> that, that's coming up um, like a boomerang when there is a problem. Yeah. They can also send leave requests uh, through the application. And again, keep records of leave requests and approvals. Um, it also picks up things like someone's birthday. Uh, if someone, let's say you have a junior employee that may have a birthday during the year and his pay rate come, uh, goes up uh, because he's getting older and more experienced. Yeah. Um, so if you have a good system, the system will pick that up um, and will update the pay rates. Um, there are more advanced systems out there, for example, KeyPay or, um, yeah, so KeyPay will also look at, um, at industrial awards and it will kind of prompt you to, to look at the right pay, pay rates. And, and by the way, if you don't know how much to pay, uh, that's where you would go. You would go and, and look at the awards and yep. they will have the details. Uh, so for farmers, you are looking at pastoral award. Yep. That's the federal award. So that's something you should all have a good look at. Um, and so KeyPay, then if you want to have something maybe more sophisticated in terms of scheduling, Deputy is another one that few clients use. Um, we have seen Myob payroll, um, not as popular with farmers. We have seen um, an addition to Agromaster called wage easy a bit more involved not um, not as modern as all the other ones then you can look at um, team connect and that's an app that will allow you to use gps tracking so if you have a good internet and you know your employees are happy um, then yeah they can they can have an app on their phone and if they're around um, the checking points that will check them in and check them out so that's something few few farmers out there are using um, if they if they want to know where people are at um, each point of time but regardless of what you're going to use make sure that has been set up correctly yeah because all the setups in the background they will calculate all the leave entitlements so depending on the hours worked um, and the days worked, then yeah. the system will help with those calculations. There's obviously some um, awards that will require you to work out the overtime rates, the penalty rates. It gets pretty complicated. Um, so you may need to get some HR advice yeah. uh, in that regards. 
you may want to, or, or we, we would suggest to get individual flexibility agreements for employees, because farming, you work long hours, maybe harvest and seeding, and other times those hours will be will be different yeah. so imagine paying and calculating and the overtime penalty rates and all that during the seeding and then the people will be on much lower wages for the rest of the year which may not be sustainable for yeah. or for some so that's where those flexibility agreements will come into play um and yeah the, there's there's a lot of calculations and some good HR advice is, is needed. Um, so you're not getting yourself into any trouble later on for underpaid wages. Yes, yeah, certainly. And I think those tools there, I'll have to wrap them up into like a social media post or something, because I think farmers are always looking for new tools. It's not always the easiest to know what tools are going on, but I think everyone sort of knows what zero is, but there's a couple there you mentioned um, that might be good for other people out there as well. Not all programs suit everyone. But you sort of touched on holidays. How can we account for this and how should we set this up for, because nowadays, 2023, I think people are looking for a holiday more often than not in farming. But how is this, how do we set this up, whether you're a farming family or you've got some people coming on board as an employee? How does this work quickly? Quickly, um, so... Depending on what terms you're employing someone, whether they full-time, part-time or casual um, or working holiday makers who've got the same entitlements, um, the biggest chain or the biggest difference between full-timers, part-timers and casuals is casuals don't really get annual leave. Um, and there's, there's a lot of other differences between them. But uh, someone who's a a full-time employee uh, is entitled to 152 hours of annual leave per annum. And that is accrued, um, pro, uh, that's basically accrued as per the days they work. Uh, in terms of someone who is part-time, it's again the same entitlement, but it's pro rata. So that depends on the hours they work for you per week. Um, so yeah, if they work half the hours of the full-time equivalent, which is 38 hours a week, as per the as per the um, industry stand standards, um, they may actually accrue less than than um, 20 days per year. You don't really have to worry about calculating it as long as that is entered correctly in the settings of the software you're using. Yep. The software will do that for you, and. And you can you can print reports and see what that entitlement is at at, at point of time, uh, and then uh, you can choose to show that on the payslip for for the employees if you wish. Um, so yeah, the leave the leave is important. I recently had someone who wasn't really. <sighs> Well, they had this long-standing employee and they had a very good relationship with him. So the guy was going on sick leave and annual leave as he was pleased. There wasn't anything formal between uh, between the parties. Um, and then things things didn't work out at the end um, and they went um, their own ways. But because there was no paperwork uh, involved, what happened, um, he ended up we had to actually pay him out the annual leave he's used but never applied for and never been approved 
uh, had to be paid. So that the message out there is you make sure you have a process when someone wants to go on leave and make sure you record that. So they have to ask you to take the leave. If they don't, you just don't pay it, I guess. Um, but that's something you would have to go back to your HR specialist and confirm it. But yeah, that was that was a big learning curve for for that client for sure. And I think from now on, they they keep really good records of leave. Uh, yeah, I think like that's a pretty simple question, but not to let it sort of slip. So like that scenario you just ran out doesn't have to happen to everyone around the country in the farming families in the corporates as well. Um, just to make that process and put it down on a piece of paper, if not in your software, on Excel, Google Doc or something like that, I think it could go a long way to help out these farmers looking to scale out, get that employee on board, contractor or not. But one thing before we wrap this up, Justina, what do we do when employees or contractors go, what's our obligations? Do we just sit on the doorstep and wave them goodbye or how does it work? Yeah, again, you need to have some processes in place. So when you employ them, you need to have some um, some um, agreed process of what's going to happen if if you if you want to go your own way. That is also really uh, highly dependent on their terms of employment. If they are part timer or full timer, um, then depending on the contract or if there's no contract, you go back to an award. Uh, yeah. And depending on the number of years they've been with you, you might need to give them notice. So, and, and also that goes the other way. They may need to give you notice uh, if they want to leave. And then you can agree whether the, that notice will be paid out uh, in lieu or whether just um, they just work that period um, till the end. And yes, um, at that stage, you may need to look at paying out some um, annual leave uh, that's been accrued but not taken. They may be entitled to long service leave. That really depends on the uh, time they've been working for you. Um, and there may be some other entitlements as per the contract you have with, with that employee that will have to be paid out. Uh, depending on their age and all the other uh, circumstances so you probably will need someone to help you to calculate um, those um, ETP payments um, so that's what we call employee termination payments they're quite complex uh, and involved another great point there and going into wrapping this up you've got some great resources available I'll have these in the show notes what are a few of those resources that your clients are using or that you recommend? So we, yeah, the, the checklist uh, from, from the business.gov.au, that would be yep. my number one tip for everyone who is looking to employ or who's been employing and they may have fall behind with what's required at the moment. Uh, the one I, I send people to quite often is the superannuation guarantee eligibility tool. That's on the ATO website. It's an interactive tool. You just basically answer a question and the system asks you the next question. And by the end of the process, you will have an answer. Um, that's pretty good. Um, then we have our own employing staff, um, uh, Red Directner, um, like a chart, uh, flow chart list. So there's so things to, to consider as you, as you go through that employment process. And... The one I go sometimes to is people in, in AG website. 
they have pretty comprehensive um, articles that that are purely written for farm related um, purposes uh, and they do have quite a few checklists as well so yeah definitely worth checking uh, great stuff those out. so we'll put them in the show notes and justina thank you so much for going beyond the tax return on this one on this episode what's your take-home message for everyone to think about when they're looking to employ in 23 onwards um i think the one that's important is yeah do your homework understand your obligation um, have a process in place engage a specialist hr person um, accountant and yeah stay up to date with changes great stuff and justina thank you so much for giving your expertise on the podcast who can we expect on the next episode of beyond the tax return we have peter baker who will be um, with you next month. Uh, the topic is to be confirmed, but I'm sure it will be exciting. <laughs> Great stuff. And a fresh face from Byfield. It's good to see. Absolutely. Anyone looking to get in contact with yourself and the team, how can they do so? Yeah, so um, Google us, guys. We, you know, we've got um, a website and, and also yeah, give us a call at any of our offices in WA. The head office is in Perth, but we've got a few other locations. And, and yeah, there'll be someone who... There will be always someone who'll be able to help. This Farms Advice episode does not stop here. Come and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, and even join our Facebook group. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more on this episode and spread the hashtag Farms Advice to your mates. If you can leave a review on Apple or Spotify, that will let other farmers find us too. But until then, see you next Tuesday. In the spirit of reconciliation, the FarmSwise podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people today.